Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the founder of the biblical counseling movement, Dr. Jay Adams, and his recent passing in 2020, along with uh, maybe some of the ways and areas in which Dr. Adams and I disagreed, but also the reality that we would not have this podcast if it wasn't for the work that was done uh, early on by Dr. Adams. But before we jump into the heart of our discussion and reflection today, let me remind you of some of the things happening over at chrismoles.org. Uh, chrismoles.org is kind of our uh, home base. It's our uh, place where you can find out what's happening in the ministry. And of course, as we have promoted uh, several for several podcasts, PeaceWorks University is your next best step uh, for learning more and joining us in the conversation. And so if you appreciate what you hear on the PeaceWorks podcast, PeaceWorks University is your next best step. Uh, It is our membership site that's full of material and resources, videos and community that can help you grow as a responder, a people helper, when it comes to the area of domestic abuse and the church. You know, I don't think it's any secret that my ministry, excuse me, that my ministry has been shaped by biblical counseling. Uh, in fact, I still ascribe to that terminology, to that title. Uh, I am a proud member of several biblical counseling organizations uh, and have worked pretty significantly, I would say, and tireless, tirelessly to bring awareness within the biblical counseling movement to our response to domestic abuse. I will continue to do so as long as the Lord enables me and as long as the biblical counseling movement will have me, I'll continue to uh, raise awareness and spark conversations about this issue. Sometimes when I talk to folks and they find out my affinity and connection to biblical counseling, they're surprised. And one of the things that they're surprised by is a seeming belief that biblical counseling is so isolated and so isolatory that they would not possibly have uh, conversations with someone like me. Uh, Little do the folks know when that conversation comes up that I've been in the biblical counseling movement for 20 years, have uh, appreciated my relationships in that movement, and really um, owe the, uh, the place that I am today and the influence that God has given me to the biblical counseling movement, to those friendships and relationships and opportunities that came from being connected to wonderful people who love the Lord and love His Word. You know, one of those individuals uh, recently passed away. At the time of this recording, uh, over the weekend, Dr. J. Adams, he's the founder of uh, what we know to be biblical counseling, passed away this weekend at the age of 91 years old. Now, full disclosure, I, I only met Jay briefly. Uh, I am not one of those biblical counselors who had a personal relationship with Dr. Adams. And so my reflections and any tribute that I offer is just from a distance. It's as somebody 
who's read many of his books, although not all of them. He was a prolific writer. I think he wrote over 100 uh, books, which is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, And while I've read many of them, I haven't read all of them. I will say, quick side note, as much as I have benefited from his counseling books, and I have, uh, that which is the, the heart of his reading, I think his writing, I think his best work and I cannot remember the title, uh, it just popped in my head. His best work was actually a small book on preterism, which is uh, a view of eschatology. So that just goes to show you how deep and broad this man was uh, as both a prolific writer, uh, thinker, and theologian. But my life has been shaped in a positive way by Dr. Adams, even though he and I disagreed Uh, specifically on the response to domestic abuse. And I want to be fair and upfront that the things that had been written um, by Dr. Adams directly pertaining to domestic abuse, I've taken issue with and have discussed that over the years with various people and have really tried to present a different argument in biblical counseling. And to biblical counseling's credit, to the movement's credit, they've been eager to hear, uh, eager to apply, Uh, and eager to recognize where we need to shift. And so I think that's a praiseworthy thing for the movement. Now, with that said, um, Dr. Adams' book on divorce and remarriage is also one of my go-tos. It's one of the best books written on the subject. So I think it's important to recognize that even though uh, he and I may have disagreed on some nuance and how we respond to abuse, uh, PeaceWorks and the PeaceWorks podcast and all the resources that God has blessed us to be a part of would not be here today if Dr. Adams had not done the work that he had done early on. So if you're unfamiliar with biblical counseling, in the 1960s, um, Jay Adams was approached by a seminary, I believe it was Westminster Seminary, to teach a practical theology class. And in that class, there was a unit on counseling. Now, Dr. Adams noticed in the previous instructor's notes that there was not a whole lot that connected counseling to ministry or the ministry of the word. And he was frustrated with how integrational, as he would call it, the research and the work was. That the seminary had basically abandoned a scriptural approach to counseling and care for a completely secular approach to counseling and care. And he began to write um, notes of his own based on his own experience as a pastor and as a learner. He began to shadow prominent counselors and psychologists. Uh, One in particular, I believe, was Maurer, uh, who was a behavioralist, not a believer. He also began to read um, um, pastoral counseling books from the um, 1800s, 1700s, uh, began to promote works, I believe, like uh, Richard Baxter and Ichabod Spencer, and realized that nothing had been written and that in many ways, pastoral ministry had forfeited its role uh, in counseling and caring for the saints. And I think that's maybe an important distinction to make. When, when we talk about Dr. Adams and some of the polarizing effects that he's had, I think when you read his work, you begin to realize that his primary audience, the, the people that he was really addressing, were not psychiatrists or psychologists. Oh, sure, he would take jabs here and there as Uh, As I've also experienced, he liked to poke the bear, as it were. But his 
critiques and direction and instruction were almost universally given to pastors. People that he believed had abandoned the work of counseling and needed to be trained in how to care for the souls of people. I think if you ask the question, you know, what, what did Jay, what did Dr. Adams want to see shift in the Christian church, it would be the heart and skill and position of pastors. I picked that up in my brief encounters with him, that pastoring and shepherding uh, was deeply seated in his heart, and he wanted to bring the Word of God back to pastoral ministry. I think that's something that he and I agree on. And even though we've kind of had our disagreements in the past about the topic of domestic abuse, I think the thing that we have firmly agreed on is the necessity of the sufficient Scripture to speak to the needs of people. And, and I believe the scripture is very, very clear in helping us see the distinction between oppression and uh, kingdom of God living, that there's a spirit-filled aspect to power and then there's an abuse of power. And that the scriptures are calling husbands in particular uh, to serve their families, not to lord over their families. And so I think in that regard, we can lock arms and say, um, you know, we want to speak to pastors uh, in much the same way that Dr. Adams spoke to us and to pastors to call them back into restorative ministry practices using the Word of God and relying on the Spirit of God. Uh, Jay, as I said, Dr. Adams was um, was very prolific. Like the the thought that he published over a hundred books is insane to me. I I wrote one book and I thought it was going to kill me. And the idea that you could write 100 books takes a great deal of perseverance and passion. And the fact that these were not lightweight books either, that these things were deeply thought out, that they were um, diligently planned, prepared, and executed, um, leads me to believe that Dr. Adams was a passionate uh, person, that somebody who really believed uh, in what he was delivering. And um, that's something, too, that we want to be true of us, to carry on that kind of legacy here at PeaceWorks, to say that we're, we're passionate about seeing the church become the safest place on the planet, and that we believe that the Word of God has the answers, has the, um, the, um, the words of life that has what we need for life and godliness, to see the church become that kind of place. And uh, the, God's given us what we need to properly address the problem. You know, in, in Dr. Adams' kind of foundational work, his first book, um, as I was talking about him recognizing coming into the seminary world, out of those notes, um, he produced a work that late 60s, early 70s called Competent to Counsel. And it's in that that he lays out this call for pastors to be proficient in counseling. I wanted to read something to you um, under a heading on page 59 of Competent to Counsel called Qualifications for Counseling. And Dr. Adams says this, What are the qualifications for counseling? In deciding the question of competence, it's important for Christians to d determine the biblical qualifications for counselors. So before I continue, it's really interesting what Adams is setting up is he's getting ready to free all of us as believers to counsel. This is also something that we 
uh, want to embark on here at PeaceWorks. We want to free the church to build teams and to have multiple disciplines and multiple people and trust the competence of the workers that we're working with. Listen to what he says. In Romans 15, 14, Paul sets the qualifications. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. Paul sets forth, Dr. Adams continues, Paul sets forth goodness and knowledge as qualifications for good counselors. These qualities are essential. Nothing less makes makes one competent to counsel. Paul recognized that any Christian may engage in counseling so long as he possesses the qualities of goodness and knowledge. And I think that is, uh, to me, the heart of biblical counseling, Um, goodness and knowledge. Now, granted, there are nuances and there are aspects of uh, theological conviction we have to agree on, such as progressive sanctification and the sufficiency of Scripture. But I love that the qualifications listed here by Adams are goodness and knowledge. And we too here at PeaceWorks want to honor that by by really promoting uh, those two aspects of ministry. You know that we have a high value on knowledge and skill. We want to train the church to do a better job. But we also have a high value on goodness and gentleness. And those are necessary if we're going to properly care for people. I think Adams knew this. I, uh, I know that he knew this. And I think that's part of the legacy that he has left us as he called pastors back to the Word of God, that he called everyone into uh, competent counseling ministry. And as he reminded us that the Word of God says the qualifications for those counselors are goodness and, counsel, and, and kindness. Goodness and kindness. So there's a, a lot of things out there about Jay. He's a strong-willed person. He, he was very convinced of his views and convicting in his speech, and I think we are actually better for it. I, um, I know that Jay will be missed by the people who really loved him, who knew him well, and he'll be missed by all of us who have benefited over the years from his writing and his care and his help and his concern. Uh, But the question is, where do biblical counselors go now? What do we do uh, with the legacy that's been given to us? You know, we are unlike many other movements in that we are still a young movement. I mean, consider that our founder, the, the very first of the modern biblical counselors, as it were, passed away this weekend. Uh, just last year, in 2019, uh, we lost one of the uh, most prominent biblical counselors in our movement in a man named David Powelson. Um, one of the other founders uh, that I've benefited from so much over the years, and I never had a chance to meet him prior to his passing, was Pastor Bill Good, um, who passed away, I, I want to say, in the, in the 90s, perhaps, or the early 2000s, probably the 90s. Um, But when you think that these men who were at the tip of the spear, the beginning of our movement, are just now beginning to enter eternity and to to be with Jesus, the question is, what will we do moving forward? Will we um, 
simply jettison the work because we did not like Dr. Adams' tone or his approach or maybe some of the ways he interpreted information? Or will we build on the good work that he left for us? Like understanding the significance of goodness and knowledge, the diligent and passionate work um, that, that he set forth before us by example, the call to influence and care for pastors. Those are all things that folks have influenced me. And that's what I wanted to just take a few moments for the podcast to say. You know, Jesus is the centerpiece of our work. The Word of God is the, um, the standard for our work. The Holy Spirit, He is the power of our work. But it is important to remember those people that God used to position and um, cut the path or pave the road that we get the opportunity to walk on. And I think Dr. Adams is one of those folks. And if he had not done the, the work that he had done in the 60s, 70s, and, and 80s, uh, I would not have been given the opportunities that I have today to talk to you about the sin of domestic abuse and the ways in which the church can meet that sin head on and help the sufferer and confront the sinner. And so I will be eternally grateful to those early pioneers of the work, those folks who reestablish the centrality of Scripture, the sufficiency of Scripture, who called us back to the doctrine of uh, progressive sanctification. I will remain indebted to them. And um, while, again, Jesus is the center and the Word of God is the standard, uh, I do want to remember fondly the people who set the stage and gave us the opportunity to have the conversation that we're having today. So, Dr. Adams, you will be missed. Thank you for your tireless service and your work to establish um, biblical counseling in the local church. And for you, listener, who are just now starting this work, know that there is a four-lane highway where once there was just a small path uh, in the woods. There is now a four-lane highway of opportunity for you to grow and to learn and to thrive and to flourish and to function uh, as a people helper. And uh, if you would like more help in that area, we would love to help you. Uh, one way that we can help you is by connecting with you through our website, chrismoles.org, by connecting with you through PeaceWorks University. And stay tuned, we're developing partnerships with at least one major biblical counseling organization we're in talks with a second biblical counseling organization so that we can begin to certify people, really help people grow as domestic abuse-specific biblical counselors. And again, all of that um, is due to the fact that there was great people who paved the way for us, uh, like Dr. Powelson and like Dr. Adams, who we talked about today. All right, guys, I appreciate you all so much for being part of the podcast. Uh, stay with us. Uh, if you're listening to us on one of our uh, platforms, uh, give us a rating and a review. Let people know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And until next time, God bless.